Here at Intoxia Reviews, we intellectually dissect the art of cinema, scene by scene. Here's some clips. That's all he is. It's just a fucking big wooden doll full of cum chasing kids around. <laughs> you look up guys who poop in a bag. I think that's where you'll find them. Because he is hurt. It's probably just in your search history anyway, isn't it? A movie which, by the way, reviewed by my mother, the review was, Thank God you were on early because we couldn't watch any more of that thing. <laughs> wide berth <laughs> well this is a good scene The uh, we're watching the infamous dildo scene you got trolled you were in I shut you the fuck up no I didn't say shit you got trolled Corey West just trolled you real script yeah. they didn't even give him a script when he got the job they gave him a bottle of stoli and said <laughs> learn this did you stumble on the joke talk about this movie for fart's sake this is a we, we can we can swear this movie fucking blows so don't forget to subscribe to Intoxicated Reviews on all places you find podcasts. Except Spotify. We're working on it. Boys Club. Is it called Boys Club because my apartment looks like a boy lives in it? I wouldn't say a boy lives in it. I would say a boy is kidnapped somewhere in here. Boys Club. We're everything. We're true crime. We're, we're world true. star hip hop. world star hip hop. We're Netflix reviews. Stories of the day. Boys Club. Listen. Yeah, do it. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. Uh, I think... Uh, no, we're not. And on Google Play, nobody gives a shit. Boys Club. Boys Club Podcast. Now with 90% more sound clips of black people. Boys Club. Touch me, and I'll sue. Hi there. This is T. Johnny with Quirky and or Queer, a podcast about otherness. Join me as I interview people in the community. I talk to musicians, community workers, artists, comedians, and even my mother about otherness. How does it shape their careers, their romantic pursuits, creative projects, and shape their overall worldview? There are lots of laughs, plenty of tender moments, and some deep conversations. Find Quirky and or Queer on your favorite podcast app. Do not take product if you are hypersensitive. internet and welcome back to the intoxicated podcast if you're brand new to this podcast this is a drinking comedy podcast where i usually have my friends on we have a couple drinks and we talk about life and and i'm your host sarah um this week is going to be very very different everybody um this is going to be a solo episode so this isn't even an intro. This is just, we're right into it. We're right into the episode. Um, I decided to do this because it is episode 99. Um, the next episode that comes out will be episode 100, which is a big deal for me. I'm super proud of it. Uh, and obviously that is going to be a bonkers episode because that will be clips from the 15 hour live stream, which is happening in just three days. Um, whew, I totally forgot how much work planning a live stream marathon is. Um, it's insane. My apartment is in utter chaos right now, but the good thing about it is, is that I'm still getting everything together much earlier than I did last time. Um, it's just head to the ground at this point, getting ready for this live stream. I've been f- so freaking busy. And the way that I see it is, is I like ending the double digits with just me because 
if I were to have a guest on this episode, it would just the episode would get buried in all the live stream promotion that I'm doing, and I don't really want that. Um, so I thought it would be cool to do a host episode. I've never done this before. Obviously, if you are a Patreon of Intoxicated, you know about the audio diaries that I do. So I am, I think at this point, used to talking on mic, but um, this is going to be really different because this is going to be a get to know Sarah episode. So if you're a brand new listener, this is certainly not an average episode of Intoxicated. Normally, it's way more energetic and I have a guest or two on that I bounce off of, but not this time, guys. Not this time. So just quickly before I get into this episode, I will do my typical plugs so you can follow Intoxicated on social media. That is Facebook and Instagram at Intoxicated Podcast and on Twitter at in underscore Toxicated. Hop on over to YouTube and type in Intoxicated and you will find our YouTube channel. I highly recommend subscribing to that so that you can check out the 15-hour live stream and help us get our numbers up on there because the more subscribers you have on YouTube, the more cool things you can do with it. So there you go. Uh, and also as well, obviously Twitch is the other place that I will be streaming. So t- twitch.tv backslash intoxicated is where you want to go. The most important thing is to subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you're getting those downloads. You can leave a rating or review on iTunes as well. If you are so inclined, I would greatly appreciate that and tell your friends about intoxicated tell your friends about this crazy bitch that drinks way too much way too often and talks about people's personal lives on the internet and then decides to stream live for 15 hours um it's so funny i had someone in my life today just be like yeah you're gonna stream for 15 hours i don't really know why but you're doing it (laughs) and that made me laugh um so i don't i it's funny because i don't actually really know why i'm doing it i think We did the 12-hour live stream as a way to rally hype for votes for the coast. Um, And it just was a lot of fun. It was, like I said, a lot of work, but it was a lot of fun. And I figure episode 100 is kind of a big deal. Um, 100 episodes of this podcast have been released, and I'm very proud of it. So I figure it's kind of like a celebration slash guest appreciation event um, because I want my guests to know how much I appreciate them coming on it's just it's it's been a lot of work guys like it I've been flat out busy trying to set up for this live stream it's going to be much much better this time around just everything about it will be better the sound is working and I'm still kind of messing with the setup of my apartment to make it comfortable for people who want to just come hang out this is this is the this is what I would like to call the storm before the calm because I feel like with live streams, it's usually a lot of chaos leading up to it. And then once I get going, uh, it's just a bunch of fun. So that's that, guys. I really hope you tune in to the 15-hour live stream. That's, again, in honor of episode 100. And that is taking place on Saturday, February 16th from 12 noon until 3 a.m., motherfuckers. Holy shit, 15 hours. And you can find that stream on YouTube or Twitch, either one, whichever one you prefer. Hop on both if you want. I mean, we could use those views. So whatever you can do. I definitely write in the chat every now and then and just say, Sarah, you're doing a good job. Even if it is a total mess, just give me that validation and it will make me feel very, very good. So let's get into it, shall we? I don't really have an attack plan with this episode. I figure I'll just catch you up on some life things going on with me right now. And then I thought I would do actually like a good guideline and a cool thing that I found was the 73 questions from all those Vogue interviews that they do. There's multiple lists, but I kind of pulled the questions that I liked best. And that will be a little guideline for what I'm talking about. Because I mean, otherwise, it's just going to be an audio diary. And you know, you got to pay to 
get those audio diaries. So what's been new with me? Well, I mean, I gotta say this live stream has been taking up most of my life. I just, I can't even, I know that I wanted to get drunk for Valentine's Day, but at this point I'm like, no, I'm just gonna be working on live stream stuff. And I kind of like that in a way. It's gonna kind of distract me from Valentine's Day. That's not a day that I want to be home alone, bored with nothing to do, but think about how I'm single. Uh, so I'm actually, I'm kind of grateful for the chaos right now. It is a big distraction from a lot of things going on. Um, I'm very excited about the the promo pictures that I had done a couple weeks ago by my friend Tyler, who is an amazing photographer. It was quite the experience doing that. Um, I really want to get some good promo pictures that I could use for the podcast going forward, like just different shots that I can pull from. So it's not always the same shot every time. And Tyler went above and beyond for me for taking a bunch of pictures. We went to a tequila bar where a friend of mine let us shoot while it was closed down. And it was just so much fun. Like I was up on the bar table and we were doing all these different poses. Gotta say, it made me realize the fucking weight gain that I've put on in 2018. So new goal for Sarah for this year is to lose those 10 pounds. Um, oh, I gotta say as well, I am drinking. Uh, of course, I'm going to be drinking for my solo episode, episode 99. Um, I am drinking some red wine that is left over from a recent episode I did. And it's lovely. And it's helping take the edge off all the live stream stress right now. Uh, this is actually really nice, just being able to sit down and not look at a screen. Uh, I've been looking at a screen all day today, and it's just wearing me out. So this is very nice. So I am drinking some red wine, and I can't cheers myself, so I'll just clink the mic to let you know I'm drinking. And I almost spilled. So there you go. Should not do that again. Um, but yeah, so the photo shoot. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and it, it was also very weird for me to like face my insecurities head on like that and I'm sure I'm going to talk about this more with Tyler when he comes on the live stream very excited for that segment uh, but it was quite the experience I gotta say like once you found your groove and once you got comfortable uh, and and once you kind of knew that you could trust the photographer to pose you in a way that looks good it was just a lot of fun. So that was, Tyler was great at that. Um, there was a lot of times that like I would do these awkward poses and he was like, I know this is really awkward for you right now, but trust me, it looks really good. And in those moments, it was fine. I trusted him and they turned out so good. We have some like really nice kind of sexier shots at the bar. And then we have like some like really fun kind of headshot style pictures of me and what we did with that was I pulled up a bunch of headshots from like different female comedians because I was kind of telling Tyler like I want to capture my essence and like the fact that I love to laugh and that this is a comedy podcast and it's not a serious show. I mean, I mean, that said, we do get serious from time to time, but, you know, it has a comedic overtone. So I wanted to capture that in the pictures. Um, so we were looking at headshots from like Amy Schumer and like different female comedians and we rolled with that and it was really, really good. I'm really thankful for these pictures coming out. They are going to be awesome. And speaking of Tyler, Tyler actually sent me a question on Facebook. So I did put on Facebook that I was recording the solo episode and it was essentially me being like, help, help me, please ask me questions. I don't want to just be rambling about how I'm sad about things. Um, I need a guideline. And Tyler was one of the people who sent me a question and he asked me a doozy of a question. 
That question was, what are the defining moments of your life? And this instantly made me think of um, Dr. Phil. Hear me out. Dr. Phil was recently on Armchair Expert, which is hosted by Dak Shepard. Um, I love this podcast. I mean, like, this is a deep dive into, like, different celebrities and people in the public eye. And I really, really love it. And he had Dr. Phil on. And Dr. Phil mentioned... Um, a theory about life where it is now let me just find it here i'm pulling up the article so the theory is uh 1075 and what that means is like usually by the time you're 40 you will have 10 defining moments in your life you will make seven critical choices and you will meet five pivotal people um which is a really cool idea i mean i'm about to turn 32 I don't think that I've had 10 defining moments. I don't think I've been anywhere near seven critical choices. Um, But I have met a lot of people. And I think that resonated the most with me. But back to Tyler's question about the defining moments of my life. Well, I got to say, like, I think growing up, I mean, it was a pretty standard childhood. I don't think anything too crazy happened to me during childhood. I would say that I think... Um, moving out of Anaganesh was a defining moment for me. I stayed after high school because of a guy. Such a felicity thing to do. Um, my first boyfriend, I was like so in love and I wanted to do PR marketing and wanted to move to Halifax, but I wasn't ready to leave him. He was in Anaganesh still at the time going to the university there, St. of X. So Rather than chasing my dreams, I decided to stay and take a general arts degree at Santa Vex so that I could stay with my boyfriend. And I mean, come on. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't think I knew better at the time. Um, at the time, I was really blinded, I think, by love. I was really overwhelmed by it. It was such a new, exciting thing for me. Uh, and I just wasn't ready to leave him. So I did a whole year of my life in Anaganesh feeling still feeling like I don't belong in this town like I need to get out I need to go to a bigger city I need to do something different and when I finally made the decision the next year to do my second year of university in Halifax doing PR that was a huge moment for me because it was you know my first time living away from home and actually no I should preface that when I was at Cinebex I did live on residence but I mean I was like a 10 minute drive away from my home. So didn't really feel like I was totally on my own. My parents were so close and my boyfriend was so close too. like most of the time I stayed with him. So my residence room was really just like a study room, to be honest. Um, But yeah, I would say making the choice to kind of risk a relationship by moving away to pursue something I wanted to do was probably one of the first coming of age moments for me. Even though I was still definitely really emotionally codependent on him, I felt like that was my first kind of dip into independence. So moving to the big city of Halifax from Anaganesh, ooh, (laughs) I'm only saying that because if you're not from Halifax or if you're not familiar with Nova Scotia or Canada, I mean, it's not that big of a city. It's a decent sized city. I like the size of Halifax. I think that it is pretty decent for developing relationships and stuff like that. But it's definitely not a small town like Anaganesh. So for that reason, I love it here. Um, I would also say other defining moments. Let's see here. So I would, I think college in general was pretty defining for me. I think I came out of my shell. I think I met people 
I think because I wasn't so close to home, it allowed me to meet all different kinds of people. And I made a lot of really close friends in university. So that was pretty defining. And I just became more of an outgoing, talkative, energetic person in college. I think when I was in Anaganish, because I felt trapped, I felt very like trapped in my circumstance, I guess the only way that I could say it. Didn't feel like I was living my full potential there. Um, So college was definitely a defined time. I mean, I obviously went through my first breakup while I was in college. That was a really bad one. Again, first love, like there's nothing like it really. Like there's nothing like that feeling of losing your first love. Um, I mean, I was absolutely devastated and we were even on and off, I think, for the next year after we broke up. So I think letting go of that first relationship while I was in college, while I was making new friends, was pretty defining. Um, I would say the next defining moment would probably be when I was out of college and I met my second boyfriend. Um, So I kind of decided what I wanted to do, kind of focused in on my career. And I was a career girl like I was like I want to do event planning this is what I want to do head to the ground I did a diploma right after I did my PR degree in events and promotions management and that at that time is when I started dating my second boyfriend uh, which was the big one and I call him the big one for a reason because he had a huge dick no I'm just joking I mean he did also have a huge dick but um Um, this was a devastating relationship in many ways. Um, I would say that it was also the most exciting relationship. I've only had two relationships, people. So I'm not speaking from a lot of relationship experience here. But as I graduated that, that second diploma, I was in the thick of my relationship with him. And we actually decided to move in together. I mean, I was crazy about this guy. I thought I was going to marry him. Literally. Like, I was so in love. Um, head over heels. But he was also very, you know, I think we were both we were both extroverts. We were both people who wanted the attention on us. We were both very loud. So that can come with some challenges as well. Uh, essentially, what happened was we were living together in a little one-bedroom apartment downtown Halifax. I used to live downtown in the city. I cannot believe that. Uh, Right now, I live about 10 or 15 minutes away from the core of downtown. It's a lot cheaper out here. But back in the day, I was living right downtown. I was going out all the time. Like it was just it was just a lot of fun. Uh, But boyfriend decided to move in with me during that time. And we lived together for less than a year, I want to say. Yeah, it was definitely less than a year. And I mean, living together with somebody, living together with a partner is such an experience because you really, um, you can't hide from anything. And also they can't hide from anything, everything. So it becomes almost like, I, I want to say it's a test, but I, I don't know if there's a better word for that. It just really makes you see all aspects of the relationship because you are literally together all the time. So I think the main issue with that relationship was that he was, it was lifestyle differences for the most part. Um, He worked a job as a cook at a late night restaurant. He was up very late at night, like I'm talking 4 or 5 a.m. He would come rolling home. And I was at the time working jobs where I, you know, it was like nine to five jobs. So I couldn't do that. I couldn't keep up with that lifestyle. Uh, And that kind of became a little bit of a strain on our relationship. The other added factor of that would probably be the heavy drinking. He was a 
very heavy drinker. I think kind of borderlining on alcoholic. I mean, he couldn't go a day without alcohol. And when he would get drunk, he would almost turn into a different person. Uh, and that's usually when our fights would happen and I would have to take care of him at parties. Like I would take him to parties with my friends and I couldn't have fun because I was too worried about what he was doing. And it was, that was essentially our relationship. Um, so like when it was good, it was really good. And when it was bad, it was really, really bad. So it was like one of those relations. It was a very bipolar relationship, I guess, is how I would describe it. So I actually had a job in my field for it was like a summer contract job. It was amazing. I loved it. And then the contract ended and I was out of work. So I was actually unemployed for five months, which put me into a huge depression. Like I, I mean, people who know me know this already, but like when I'm bored and if I don't have things to do, that's the worst thing for me. I cannot deal with that. I like to keep busy. I like to do things. I like to create things. I like to feel like I'm contributing. And at this point in my life, I really didn't. I was looking for work. Work was hard to find. I was trying to find a PR job. Uh, But it's, you know, it's a tough job to find here in Halifax because there's a lot of competition for PR and marketing. So I wasn't having any luck. I was going on four or five months unemployed and it was around November slash December that things started to go south with that relationship. I essentially went to a staff party of his and met a waitress that he worked with who was very nice to me at the time. Um, But I could tell that there was like some flirt vibes there between him and her. And I think I got intimidated by that. And I left the party early and he didn't come home until late that night. And I just had a sneaking feeling like I had this like kind of feeling like something might have been going on with them. And I confronted him. I actually confronted him about it. And I was told that I was a crazy person. And how dare you accuse me of this? Why don't you trust me? I thought we trusted each other. Um, You're crazy. You're overthinking. You know, all the typical things that a guy would say if he's trying to manipulate you. And that's essentially what happened. A couple weeks go by. I'm still on my mind. And this is kind of how it all went down. I think I told this story on another episode, but I'll give you the Sparks Notes version of this. Uh, oh, I told it on on Harper's episode. So you need to go back and listen to Harper's episode because I actually tell the story on there. But essentially, um, I confronted friends about it and they were like, you should investigate more before you take this further. Like, get more proof that maybe something happened. So I went and I found messages. I found Facebook messenger messages um you know he had left his laptop out right on our coffee table and it was open and I looked admittedly I looked I'm not gonna lie uh I didn't trust him at the time and I like I said it was just this like feeling that I had I was like something friggin happened so I found messages from her essentially saying I think one of the messages was even like well in all fairness like Something did happen between us. So she has every right to be paranoid. <laughs> I was like, thanks, girl. <laughs> thanks. Um, but the message that set me off was the, you should wait until after Christmas to dump her. So, yeah. So at the time, I knew he was at a certain bar downtown. And I went to that bar. And I found them together. And I poured beer on the girl. And I yelled and screamed in the bar. And we broke up obviously. Um, it was a very 
devastating time in my life. I mean, this was somebody who, despite our very obvious problems, thought I was going to marry. Like, literally thought he was the one for me. I thought that that was it. I was just like, this is the guy I'm going to marry. And then in literally a matter of minutes, it was gone. Um, And there was no fighting on his end at all. He moved out very quickly after. And of course, you know, like, I feel like it's one of these cliches things where you say like, oh, well, maybe we can work on it. Maybe we just need space. Like, maybe I just need to move out to get space. Well, now, if you move out after living with a significant other for close to a year, that's not taking space. That's literally making the decision to move out and move on. So, yeah, it was not good. And they actually got engaged six months later and are still married. So there you go. Um, Obviously, I've had that was seven years ago. I've had a lot of time to deal with that. It is something it, I mean, it obviously it hurt me a lot. It it definitely affected my trust issues with men. Um, but at the same time, I do have the ability at this point to step outside the situation and just say, we weren't totally meant to be. And he happened to meet somebody who he vibed with more and there was overlap and the overlap is the shitty part and it wasn't handled right and it wasn't good, but it did happen and it's shitty what happened to me. But like I said, we weren't meant for each other. So yeah, that was definitely a defining moment for me. Big, big breakup. I mean, only one, only, only one of two, but it was a big one and it was definitely a defining one. Um, the other two moments I would say would be getting fired from my call center job. Uh, it was a time in my life where I kind of fell into a call center job that I was at for almost two years or was it over two years? See, I don't even really remember because I, I blacked it out. It was a bad time. Um, that job definitely sucked the life force out of me. Uh, I didn't feel like I had a, had a soul anymore. Um, and when I got fired from that job, uh, it gave me, it lit, it kind of lit a fire under my ass to get a job that I would be happier in. And I did. So I got a much better job after that. And it's the same job that I'm in right now. Um, and the good thing about that moment and where I'm at now is that it's given me the mental space to do this podcast and to do this side hustle, which I would say would be the other defining moment would be starting this podcast because this podcast has given me way more skills and happiness than any job or any person ever has given me. Um, And I totally mean that when I say that. I know it seems really silly and dumb that like a little drunk podcast that's kind of silly and out there. Uh, not like, like it, it's just a funny thing to think about that this is what has made me so happy, but it is, it has, um, making the choice to do this, uh, discovering my love for podcasting through other podcasts, I think definitely inspired me to start my own. Um, when I started listening to podcasts like guys, we fucked and hot mess comedy hour, I discovered a whole other world of human interest, comedy based podcasts that I just absolutely love. Like I would listen to these podcasts 
And I felt like I had friends that weren't really there. You know what I mean? Like I really connected with the hosts and I like enjoyed the conversations and I would like put put on podcasts like while I was getting ready, which I still do. It's like my, my podcast time is my getting ready time. Um, and I would find myself nodding along with them and agreeing with what they were saying and feeling like I connected with a community of people that I hadn't even met, uh, which was an interesting idea. So when I made the choice to start Intoxicated, I literally like it was an actual choice in my in my head to be like, you're going to do this and you're going to do it every week. Like you're you're going to do your best to stay consistent, because if you don't, the momentum won't be there and it's not going to grow and it won't stay with you if you don't get yourself into the routine of making episodes every week and doing it. When I made that choice, I think a lot of people in my life were a little bit surprised and shocked that I had stuck with it. Now, I am writing a big old blog post that kind of goes into more depth about this, but I used to be the girl that would do a lot of extracurricular activities. I mean, Jesus Christ, I've done everything from, you know, soccer to gymnastics, to horseback riding to guitar lessons. Like I've done, I've done a lot in my childhood and I never stuck with anything. I never practiced guitar. I never stuck with the different classes that I was in. I was kind of a quitter. Like I, I hate using that word, but like I literally would just start things and quit them. And this podcast has been the first thing that I have ever started and stuck with, like, and made it a goal to stick with it, even on the times that I didn't want to. I mean, like, there's, there are times that I wish that I, you know, like, wasn't doing this so that I could live more of a personal life, for example. Like, but those those moments are very few and far between, because at this point in my podcasting journey, this podcast is a, lot, a big chunk of my life. And it's a big chunk of my social life. Uh, and it's enriched my social life in ways that nothing would have before. So I'm so thankful for it. And it was it's a huge it's a huge thing for me hitting episode 100. Like I can't believe that I, I literally, there's not one episode that I can think of that I've put out that I don't like, I can find something I like, in every single episode, every single friend, comedian, like just guest, any anyone I've had on has given me something. And I've made so many new friends from it as well. Like I'm so thankful for that. But also too, like it's definitely given me confidence. Um, and I'm still definitely struggling with other areas of confidence for sure. Um, but I think teaching myself things and being a self-starter being somebody who says, well, I'm going to learn how to do this. And, you know, this thing could be what anything. It could be video editing. It could be Photoshop. It could be um, learning more about sound editing. There's so many different aspects of podcasting that people don't realize that goes into it. The fucking promotion aspect of it is so huge. You know, staying consistent with posting and making images and making videos to, like, draw people in. Like, it's a lot of fucking work. But you want to know what? I love it so much. And I'm so thankful to have so many cool people in my life to come on as guests. And I'm also really thankful that I've built up enough confidence to fucking reach out to guests and ask them to come on. Like, that's bonkers to me. Like, there's definitely, you know, I would say first year of podcasting, I, I kept it to friends because I felt comfortable with friends. But at this point, 
if you're someone doing something cool, if you're someone I think is funny, if you're someone who has a really cool story and you're out there and I see you, but you don't necessarily see me, I'm going to introduce myself to you and I'm going to invite you on. And I'm going to be very honest about the fact that it is still a small podcast. You know, I, I don't have hundreds of listeners. I would say I have a solid 70 or 80 listeners, um, which is amazing. And I wouldn't want to buy those people lunch. So I can't complain about that number. Um, but it's been a slow growth. It's been a consistently slow growth. Uh, and I'm fine with that. I really am. It means that I can keep kind of just doing the episodes that I want to do. I think if I had a larger listenership, I think I would feel a little more pressure to like, um, maybe do episodes that cater to other people. So I, I'm kind of thankful for this, this period in the podcast where it's growing but it's growing slowly. Um, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to keep learning more and doing more. Um, I mean, I have so many goals for this thing. It's not even funny. You know, I bought, I bought a new computer with money that I could have used for a trip to Mexico or something. Like I literally could have said, you know, Sarah, you've worked hard. Take two weeks off and go down south. But instead, I put that into a computer. I put that into the show. Uh, it's a huge investment, and that's exactly what it is. I really have faith that it's going to pay off in the long run, um, putting the money into really good equipment and putting the money into the marketing of the show to get new listeners, because I think the podcast deserves that, to be honest. Um, so yeah, I think I think that would be the last defining moment of my life, is starting this podcast and hitting episode 100, which is going to happen very, very soon. Um, the live stream is going to be insane. I cannot wait for it. It's definitely going to test my resilience as a host, but I'm down for the challenge. I also think this time around, I'm going to just treat it as a celebration more than a show. Uh, I'm going to try to have as much fun as I can and make sure my guests have a blast as well, because that's really who it's for at the end of the day. I want my guests to know how awesome they are. So cannot wait for the 15 hour live stream. But guys, holy shit, I've already done over a half an hour of just talking. Um, I will actually get now to the questions from the Vogue. So this is like a thing that Vogue does, where they like they'll pick a celebrity and they'll like do a continuous shot of them walking around a house and answering questions. And they answer them really quick. I will I you know, I might answer some quick on here. Um, but I might go into more detail with others. So, you know, no pressure on me, but here we go. Okay. Question number one is on a scale of one to 10, how excited are you about life right now? Well, I would say that professionally and personally, not at all. (laughs) But in terms of the podcast, very, very excited about the podcast. Um, I think because things are so shitty, uh, otherwise I'm putting a lot more into the podcast and so I'm getting more out of it. So I'm pumped about the side hustle on the podcast, but I'm not so pumped about everything else. So I would say personal life, I am like a four, I would say. Maybe less. Maybe like a three or a four. And I would say professionally, also a three or a four. Number two, describe yourself in a hashtag. Ooh. Um hashtag garbage fire. <laughs> I've just been I've just been kind of running myself ragged to be completely honest. Um 
not really taking care of me and I know and I know that I'm not like I had I had brunch with a female friend recently and we were talking about how in the hierarchy of our lives you know there's there's different priorities and for me it's usually I would say work podcast social life and then self-care and self-care seems to always end up at the very bottom of my priorities um which kind of sucks because I just feel like there's not enough hours in the day to allocate all of those things equally. So if I were to do more self-care, I would have to sacrifice something else. And right now, I don't want to do that. Um, So, hmm, yeah, I got to do more self-care, I think, on my end. So it would be hashtag, hashtag garbage fire would describe me in a hashtag. Um, If you could do a love scene with anyone, who would it be? Hmm. Love scene with anyone. Maybe like Ryan Reynolds or Jake Gyllenhaal. Those are like my top two guys. Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Reynolds. Oh my god, I forgot about Justin Theroux. No, I can't. It would be Justin Theroux. Justin Theroux is my number one. And then a close second or third would be Ryan Reynolds or Jake Gyllenhaal. What's your wake up and bedtime ritual? Well, I would say, so bedtime... It is a lot of skincare shit because I'm 31 and I'm dealing with a lot of skincare issues and my nighttime routine is pretty crazy. So I do a triple cleanse. Yeah, you heard me right. Triple cleanse. Um, so I actually remove my makeup with an oil cleanser and then I go in with micellar water and then I go in with a real like face wash cleanser and I get all that fucking makeup off and then I like do a toner on that. And then I do, if I have a serum kicking around, which normally I don't because I'm broke, I usually am working with samples from Sephora or those like mini size ones. Right now I'm not using anything, which is fucking insane, but I would do a serum then and then I would moisturize and then I would get into pajamas and then I brush my teeth, fill up the cat's water dish, make sure she has food. I plug in my phone by the bed. I then take out the contacts. I shut everything down and I crawl into bed and I watch ASMR videos. If I'm not already listening to like a podcast or something, I'll usually put some ASMR videos on or like a makeup tutorial or something. And usually that's how I drift off into sleep with a screen right in front of me. I know it's not the best way to do it. But I love ASMR and it's actually like really helped me be somebody who can fall asleep quicker. So I'm super thankful for that. Wake up routine is a lot quicker because I like to sleep in. So I am the person who usually hates going to bed and will stay up way too fucking late and take forever to get to sleep, but then won't want to get up when she wakes up in the morning. So essentially morning is wake up, wash my face, make coffee pop on a podcast and do makeup and get ready and get the fuck out the door as fast as I can. I don't do breakfast at home. It's really bad. I know I should. I mean, I really just should be waking up a little earlier to do breakfast and not have to buy something on the way. But that's what I do. And that's my morning routine. Dream country to visit. Ooh, so I happen to know the answer right away for this. My dream country to visit would be Greece. Um, Greece has been at the top of my list for a long time. I love Greek food. I love the look of Greece. I love Santorini. I mean, I wouldn't, if I were to go, I wouldn't spend my whole time in Santorini. That's just, it's going to be ridiculously expensive 
I'm, in my mind, honestly, it's going to be ridiculously expensive either way I do it. Uh, but hopefully I will reach a point in my life where I can take like two or three weeks off and go because it is my dream. Like I would say Greece, Italy is up there too. Japan is up there. I would fucking love to go to Japan. Um, I mean, like those would be my top ones. And then I, I would love to also go to Scotland and Ireland, but I would put those at the bottom. I would put Greece definitely at the very, very top, top of the list. I mean, like to go to Mykonos would be oh, amazing. I could just party it up with Lindsay Lohan. It would just be, it would be great. I, I, it would just be amazing. Yeah. Greece is my, Greece is my number one. Okay. Question number six. What surprises you most about people? Just how fucked up they are. Like literally no one is perfect. And no matter how much you think someone is perfect, they got something they fucked up about as well. Um, for real guys, like even, even celebrities, like they got some fucked up shit that they have to deal with. Um, so I would say just the depths that people go to, to hide how fucked up they are. That does surprise me. I think people should be more honest about not being perfect and about having issues. We all have them. Uh, let's normalize that because no one is fucking perfect. And also I would say how, like on the flip side of that, not just about how fucked up they are, but also how ignorant people can be. Um, seems like a lot of people just lack the ability to ask questions before they assume things. And that really bugs me. Um, that's something that really bugs me about people and surprises me because it comes naturally to me to ask questions when I'm not aware about something. And a lot of people do not have that. Number seven, who do you want to write your obituary? Ooh, I think it would have to be my longest friend and best friend, Danielle, uh, who's done the show. And I would say it would have to be her because she's known me the longest. She's been through me this whole time and I don't see that ending anytime soon. So Danielle, if you're listening to this, um, you wrote my yearbook uh, summary back in grade 12 and you get to write my obituary when I die. So how about that? Number eight is who is your style icon? Ooh, I love this question. I think that my style icon would be probably a mix of people. I would probably say a mix of Demi Lovato, Katy Perry, Dita Von Teese, and maybe like a Gwen Stefani or something. When I was younger, um, what made me start getting spunkier with clothes was Gwen Stefani. So I would say maybe a mix of those people would be my style icons. What are the three things you can't live without? Ooh, I would say friends. I mean, I'm assuming that we're we're not including, you know, the basics, the shelter, water, and food. Like, if, if I have my bare, bare needs met, uh, I would say above that would be friends, hmm, music, and the internet. <laughs> I honestly love the internet. I mean, I hate certain aspects of the internet. Don't get me wrong. But... The internet is what gives me the ability to do what I'm doing right now. So if I have the internet, and even if I had a phone or something, I could still podcast. So there you go. What's one ingredient that you put in everything? Everything. I mean, I don't know. Like, there's nothing that I put in everything, but I would say, like, I'm a big salt person. I love putting salt in most things. I'm also a big cinnamon gal. Love me some cinnamon. Um... I only recently started getting into pepper, but I'm definitely more of a salt person, love cinnamon. Yeah, I would say, yeah, 
I would say those two things. Um, number 11. What, what three people, living or dead, would you like to make dinner for? Ooh, well, I mean, I fucking suck at making dinner, but if I somehow got around to making dinner for three people, it would have to be number one, Damon Lindelof, who is, he is a writer and a producer of my two favorite TV shows. So I would fucking love to have him at my dinner table. I would just ask him a thousand questions. It would be amazing. I would have to say, hmm. I mean, like I'm kind of taking this like question as they'd also be like my dream podcast guests as well because i would just fucking put a mic on them like for sure like there's no way that i would not record that if i got to meet and hang out with damon lindelof the other two i would have to say probably shane dawson would be one he's somebody that in terms of content creation um i really look up to what he does i think he's amazing at it he's someone who's constantly evolving and i will always be following his journey so shane dawson Damon Lindelof and who would the third be oh my gosh that's really 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 hard maybe like a Lady Gaga or Katy Perry one of them like one like one of my favorite pop stars like maybe I would I mean I guess out of all of them oh that's tough um probably count Taylor Swift out just because I feel like she's the most boring out of all of them I would probably I would probably say Lady Gaga I'm sorry Katie but I'd probably say Lady Gaga I'd make her some good Italian food. Um, number 12 is what's your biggest fear in life? Um, dying. I'm literally terrified of it ending in any way. Uh, it's something I think about every single day. I have an unnecessary fear of death. I obsess over it. I think about it when I go to sleep. I literally will go to sleep almost every night and be like, what if I don't wake up? What if I don't wake up? Like, <laughs> And when I'm out in the world, I'm like, I'm the type that's like always looking around. I mean, I have days where I'm a little more aloof, but I'm always looking around at everything. I'm just absolutely convinced that a car is going to hit me. So I would say death. And I would also say never finding a partner. I hate that. I like, I hate that. I just said that, but I do think I'm very confident in my ability to make a life for myself where I'm happy one way or another whether that be career like whether that be side hustle that maybe becomes a full-time hustle um I can make those things happen the one thing I can't control is other people so it's scary to think about the idea of being in a relationship at this point I've been alone for so long but it's also really scary for me to think about not ever experiencing that again so death is definitely number one but i would say a close second would be being alone just being alone for like the rest of my life you know because friends friends are gonna move on and friends are gonna eventually find someone and move on and then you're gonna be alone and i don't want to be alone in a nursing home like that that really makes me sad and it freaks me out and scares me um number 13 window or aisle seat well you know a woman gets sucked out of a window in an airplane, so I'm going with aisle. Um, ever since that I read that news story, I cannot even fathom the idea of sitting in a window seat. I'm also terrified of heights, so I'm okay with the aisle seat. And then that means, too, that I can get up and go pee without bugging anybody. Um, favorite app? Definitely Instagram. Instagram is my fave. Um, I'm on it all the time. It's usually the first one I open in the day and usually the last one I close at night. So that would be my favorite. Number 15 is most adventurous thing you've done in your life. Most adventurous. Well, I would have to say 
my trip to Mexico, my first trip to Mexico with my two friends, uh, Carrie and Amy, we did a bunch of really cool excursion stuff that like I never thought I would do. Like we we drove th- four wheelers through the jungle, literally through like this like breeze of butterflies. Like it was the craziest thing ever. We rappelled down this like big dark hole into this like underground cave thing with water and bats flying everywhere. Like that was just absolutely madness. And I would have to say, yeah, the things like that would probably be the most adventurous. And otherwise pretty tame although i'm down for more adventures number 16 how would you define yourself in three words hmm define myself in three words i would say maybe outgoing genuine and emotional yeah i'm an emotional person that doesn't necessarily mean that i'm crying all the time but i'm kind of crying all the time um yeah i think like off the top of my head those would be my three but that's a tough question um number 17 must have clothing item everyone should have well i can speak to actually for myself as a woman i think every woman or anyone who identifies as woman or whatever i don't want to get myself in trouble here but i think a little black dress you cannot go wrong with a little black dress and that is a staple of mine i mean i have like a thousand of them but that's like that's kind of what i always put on when i'm feeling myself so i think a little black dress and a good leather jacket that's another one. Oh, black dresses and leather jackets if i could just wear one thing for the rest of my life it would be that love leather jackets superpower you would want hmm probably teleporting because i would want to just go to greece right away without having to deal with picking an aisle or a window seat in an airplane that might crash or suck me out the window so there you go it would be that number 19 what's inspiring you in life right now meeting other content creators so meeting people out in this community in halifax that are doing similar things whether that be youtube podcasts um side businesses comedy anything i i'm really meeting a lot of go-getters and they're really inspiring me to just be even more of a go-getter myself so definitely meeting creative people and meeting hustlers that is definitely inspiring me right now number 20 is best piece of advice you've ever received Whew. i mean i've been given been given a lot of advice i've been given a lot of cliche advice as well which I, I don't find is always the most helpful um i i do tend to think of my grandma here um which kind of makes me a little bit sad she did pass away but she used to tell me like i remember even just being like really really young and her and i would come home upset about someone hurting my feelings or something and she would always say well sarah like you you really can't rely on anyone but yourself and that's kind of dark and bleak (laughs) oddly enough but i I still holds true like even when i'm in moments of feeling hurt by people i have to remember that i can't control other people i can only control me and i can only rely on me so that is definitely i think um the best advice i've received or at least the advice that i kind of carry with me day to day number 21 best advice you'd give your teenage self Ooh. Um, don't be afraid to be different. Don't feel ashamed to be different. Embrace the weirdness because it might seem like it's a bad thing right now, aka, you know, junior high. Uh, but once you get out of there, being weird is actually kind of cool. 
Uh, being weird is the new cool, I think. Um, number 22. What would you like to be remembered for? I would say, I mean, I would say my ability to connect with people, probably. I think having done 100 episodes of this podcast and um, pushing myself going forward with interviews, I want to become a better interviewer. Um, so I think I have the natural ability to connect with people. And I think people feel comfortable opening up to me. So I think that's something that I want to use going forward. And I do pride myself on that ability. So I would say that. Number 23, how do you define beauty? Oof, this is this is an interesting question. And I immediately think of Dita Von Teese when I think of this because she had a quote that it was essentially like, you cannot tell a woman, um, you can't dictate to a woman what she wants to do to make herself feel beautiful. So I think beauty is definitely in words. Um, it's, you do have to do a lot of brutal self work to get to a point where you love yourself. And like, I mean that as somebody who is super self deprecating, um, I, I, it's a humor thing for me, but I do think that for the most part, I do love myself, but that's because I've, I've faced parts of me head on and I've dealt with it. Um, so I think finding that inner confidence truly is what beauty is. And then doing, and then finding and doing the things that you need to do to make that reflect outwards. And by that, I mean, if you're a girl who likes to wear makeup, fucking wear makeup. If you're a girl who legit feels more comfortable without it, do that. Literally just do whatever you think represents you. I know for me that I like to get glammed up, but I mean, that is something that as time goes on, and the more inner confidence that I get inside, the less I rely on makeup, if that makes any sense. Like, right now my skin is shit, so I, I'm going to keep wearing makeup, but I would like to get to a point where I self-care enough and I give myself that time so that I can maybe do without the makeup every now and then and, like, learn to embrace it and be comfortable in it. But as of now, I would say just you just got to do what you got to do to make yourself feel comfortable and make sure that it is reflecting what is on the inside. Um yeah, that's and I think the other thing too that I think is really important with beauty is happiness. Um I think like there's nothing better than having like an amazing day and then realizing that like you never touched up your makeup but you still look good because you're just so happy and you're having fun. So I think that that's also very very important. Number 24. When do you feel most beautiful? Ooh. I mean, I love me some lingerie. I love me some stockings. I'm actually kind of a rare person in that I feel very confident when I'm not wearing anything. And I don't even mean that as a brag. Uh, I just literally mean that I have body issues. And when I put clothes on, uh, unless it's the right clothes, it hugs areas that I don't want to hug. And I feel more insecure. So actually, like when I'm buck naked walking around, I'm loving it. But I would say besides that, in some lingerie and a really nice dress, like something that I'm comfortable in and when I'm feeling good, like when I've eaten good that day and I don't feel bloated at all or crampy or in any way, shape or form, and that I'm just like feeling good and I have good makeup, that's usually when I feel the most beautiful. But I love being naked as well. Number 25, what do you love most about your body? My boobs. Number <laughs> number 26, 
best way to take a rest and decompress. ASMR. That's my favorite anyway. I would say a glass of wine, a bubble bath, fresh sheets in the bed, and a TV in your room, like at the foot of your bed, like a big TV, and that you have no plans that night, and you literally just go to bed, and you can watch whatever you want to watch, and you just drift off into sleep, and you don't set an alarm the next day. That is the best way to decompress. Number 27, if you had a tattoo, where would it be? Well, I actually have three tattoos. I have an anchor on my ankle, I have a shooting star on my hip, and I have a shit ton of music notes on my ribs. Uh, And I do want to get another tattoo very soon, uh, and I do want it to be a podcast tattoo. And I won't go into too much detail about that, because I do want to, you know, kind of make it like a reveal thing. But I do have a tattoo in mind for somewhere on my arm, like potentially my forearm. Um, And once I have the money to do that, I will do that. And actually, it's actually, that's actually not true. I do want to hit a certain goal with the podcast before I get that tattoo. Um, Number 28. What's your spirit animal? Hmm, Otters, man. They're fucking amazing. Look up any video of an otter on youtube and tell me that that otter is not fucking loving life and having fun they're just very like they're like energetic little animals they're like kind of loud and squeaky every now and then and yeah i'm an otter that's just that's just who i am number 29 what is creativity to you creativity to me is just any form of expressing yourself and i would also say the ability to think of many ideas and come up with different ways to express yourself and thinking on the spot as well like I I have moments in creative processes where it just becomes almost like rapid fire in my head like ideas are just shooting off in my head and I have to like I have almost have to like take them in and be like slow down you can't do all of these ideas you need to pick one so I think that that's a huge aspect of creativity is is being that person who's like, well, what if we did this? What if we did this? What if we did this? Like that's that's what a creative person is to me. And I think also creative people are people who can tap into themselves and express that outwards and be confident to do that. So yeah, that's what I would say. Um, Favorite color. It used to be purple, but I think now it's like a neon blue. I've been loving blues lately but i i do tend to go for more jewel tone colors so like blues and purples are definitely my favorite number 31 drugstore makeup or designer you need to have in my mind a mix of both i think there's a lot of really good products at the drugstore and there's some things that you just like drugstore makeup isn't going to work the best for like found like i would say um don't bother with high-end mascara there's no point they it dries out so quick just get a good drugstore mascara even eyeliner drugstore is fine um but i would say like and and foundation actually the drugstore has some really good foundation shout out to the new l'oreal foundation that i've been wearing literally every day since i got it um but things that you don't want to comp out on i think are eyeshadows i think i think there's I don't really think that there's any good drugstore eyeshadows. Um, Message me uh, with a suggestion if you have them. But I think like the best way to do it is to get a mixture of both. But there's a lot of good shit at the drugstore. 
favorite season is 100% fall. It's the right temperature for me. I love September and October. It's like not too hot, not too cold. It's beautiful out. And it's Halloween, which is my favorite like holiday thingy. So definitely fall. Number 33, you are stuck on an island and you can pick one food to eat forever without getting tired of it. What would you eat? A burrito bowl. 100% could eat it every single day and potentially pizza too. I mean, I love me some pizza. Um, I would say burrito bowl, pizza, bacon. Hmm. I, w- I would usually say garlic fingers, but I would probably get sick of that after a while. But a fucking burrito bowl, you can like mix that shit up and get some different things in there. Oh, I love a burrito bowl. And I would say, obviously, my favorite snack is popcorn. So I could eat popcorn every single day. Number 34, a skill you're working on mastering. I think I said it earlier. I want to be a better interviewer. I want to get better at that. Um, I think a lot of me doing these crazy things like 15-hour live streams is, again, testing my resilience to like think on my feet and be on for long periods of time. Um, It's definitely something I am working on. And I would say as well... Um, just being more organized. Gotta work on that because I'm a big scatterbrain and it becomes a problem real quick. Um, number 35, best thing to happen to you today. Oh, today was kind of brutal, to be honest. I would say the best, well, actually, I know it. It was, uh, having a storm day because I was able to get a lot of stuff done here at home that I wouldn't normally be able to do if I was stuck at work. So definitely having a storm day, being able to sleep in and get a couple extra hours of sleep was amazing. Worst thing to happen to you today? Oh, God. Um, probably the fucking zits I'm getting on my face three days before my live stream. Waking up with those. Worst thing. Number 37, best compliment you've ever received. Um, someone told me once that I'm, I was like a homemade Nanaimo bar and it spoke to me on a weird level because <laughs> I love Nanaimo bars. And I happen to know what they mean when they say a homemade Nanaimo bar because it's just not as good as store-bought. It's just, it's just not. Um, that was kind of dumb. But yeah, that's, that's one of my favorite compliments that I've gotten. And I remember someone told me once that I was really refreshing. And I, I like that word to describe me. Refreshing. Um, I don't think I'm refreshing, but thank you if you think I am. Um, number 38, favorite smell. Ooh, popcorn, movie theater, popcorn, or like cotton candy. Really just like any carnival smells are my favorite. And gasoline. Number 39, if you made a documentary, what would it be about? Definitely this podcasting journey. I would love to have a camera rolling like for before and after my episodes because that's when a lot of the real shit fucking happens. It's really funny to me. Like a lot of times like I'll have guests on and... And the mics will go off and like they'll stay and hang out and then we'll like get to talking more. And I'm like, fuck, I wish the mics were on for this. So I would 100% like have cameras follow me around during this crazy time of podcasting for sure. Number 40, last piece of content you consumed that made you cry. Ooh, last piece of content. I mean, like I've definitely cried over things. It hasn't been anything media or content wise. I tend to go down a lot of rabbit holes with um 
YouTube where I will get on trains of watching animal rescue videos and those will never fail to make me cry. It always happens. Like I will just end up bawling. And you know, usually there's happy endings and I don't really know why I like, I mean, it's bittersweet in a way, but like they just make me fucking cry so hard. Number 41 is who is my girl crush? Oh, I can fucking tell you that for show. Miss Charlize Theron is my number one, I would say. I just think, yeah, I just think she's the most beautiful woman literally on the planet. And I think she's really fucking cool. So I would say her. And then I would say who, who other, what other people come to mind? Like, I love Demi Lovato. I love Katy Perry. Um, let's see here. Who else? I love like different female comedians. I love Whitney Cummings. I love Natasha Leggero. Leggero. How do you say her last name? I've never, I I don't usually say her last name out loud, but I love her as well. I love Miley Cyrus. I mean, like, like, there's so many. Like, the list could go on and on. But I would say Charlize Theron is probably number one. Number 42, how do you know you're in love? Ooh, we're shifting gears real quick here. Um, I think now, I mean, like, I'm out of practice. It's been a long time. But I would say that you know that you're in love when... You put that person's happiness above your own. Hear me out on that. More so what I mean by that is, is like that you'll go out of your way to make that person happy. Even if that means sacrificing something of your own. Like, I I actually, I really don't believe that love should be unconditional. I don't. There are certainly conditions to love. Um, and you should be looking out for yourself. But I do think that when you when you're in love with somebody your priority almost becomes their happiness. I don't know if that's a skewed idea of love or not, but I just know for me, like I've been alone for so long and there's definitely people I've had feelings for. And I think when I think of those people, all I really think about is, is like, I just want them to be happy and I want to make them happy and I want to contribute to that. Um, so yeah, I would say that, but I would also say like, I think you just know too, by the chemical reactions you have when their name comes up or, Someone mentions them and you just like, you cannot help but like smile uncontrollably. I would say that that would be a sign as well. But I really don't know. Like I, has, like I said, it's been a long, it's been a long time. Um, number 43 is a song you could listen to on repeat. Oh my God. I mean, there's so, there's fucking so many. Right now it's Seven Rings by Ariana Grande. Actually, right now it's that entire new Ariana Grande album. It's fucking amazing. 44. If you could switch lives with someone for a day, who would it be? Ariana Grande. So I could have that high pony. I want to know what it's like to rock that much hair and be so fucking famous that you could just spoil everybody in your life. Um, I would fucking love that. But like, yeah, I mean, like, I, I do kind of think it would be cool to know what it would be like to be famous. I, I won't lie. I, I truly won't. I would just love to walk into a fast food restaurant and be able to say, here's $2,000 for all of you. Like, I think it would be pretty fucking cool. But also, like, I would also say Whitney Cummings because she's a female comedian and she can do comedy. And she also works in Animal Rescue and has a new hot fiance. So that would be pretty bitchin' as well. Number 45, what are you most excited about at this time in your life? Um, I would say the podcast for sure is I, I, I know I'm like always talking about the podcast and how much I love the podcast, but literally it's the one thing in my life 
that is making me excited right now. Um, this live stream, more immediately, I am so ridiculously excited about. Number 46, your go-to for having a good laugh. Vine compilation videos on YouTube, for sure. There's like a bunch of them. There's a bunch that are like vines that cure my depression. Like if you just look that up on YouTube and put that on, that like that's my go-to. That's what I would watch if I needed a laugh. I, I think I spent my birthday one year literally just watching vines and laughing. I just, it, it's so fucking dumb and stupid, but it makes me laugh every fucking time. Number 47, your affirmation for today. It's going to be okay, Sarah. Your live stream is going to be okay. You don't have to worry about the bells and whistles. I think I just did like five affirmations in one. Uh, but I would just say, yeah, it's going to be okay. Number 48, what is your philosophy in life? Do what you want to do. I know it sounds cheesy, but like do what makes you happy. Um, I know that the world is run by money and money is what motivates a lot of us, but find your passion and roll with that because at the end of the day, that's what's really going to feed your soul and that's what's going to make you happy in the end. So fucking pursue your passions, baby, and have fun. Like don't take yourself too seriously and fucking have fun. It's so important. Like I think there's a time and place to be serious, but fucking hell laughing is so much more fun and don't take yourself too seriously either number 49 what's the one thing you would like to change about yourself um are we talking physical or emotional because there's a lot um there's a lot a lot of things i want to change about myself um i i do want to physically get to a place where i feel more confident I want to take care of myself more so that I feel better in my body. Uh, and I definitely want to be more organized. I am somebody who is a scatterbrain most of the time. So I want to get my shit together in that regard. And I want to really try to find that self-worth again, um, especially in relation to men, uh, to get to a point where... I don't accept unacceptable behavior towards me. Uh, I'm still not there, unfortunately, I gotta say. Like, it's, it's, it's a struggle of mine. And I would like to get to a point where I don't accept being treated the way that I have been. So yeah, I would say that for sure. Those are, those are pretty big ones. Um, are you religious or spiritual? Not religious. I would say I would like to be more spiritual. In other words, like, I feel like me maybe researching that or like getting more into that might actually help with my fear of death. Um, and that's something that like I would fucking love to investigate more. Like I know that this sounds like absolutely crazy and not at all like me, but like to go on a, like a nature retreat for like a week without the internet and to like meditate and like do shit like that, it's kind of appealing to me at this point in my life. I feel like it would be good for me to do. Um, 51, do you consider yourself an extrovert or an introvert? 100% extrovert, but I definitely need to recharge my batteries by being alone um, for sure. Like I, I need my breaks from people in order to be on with them like 80% of the time. 52, what was the best phase in your life? Oh my God, that is, I mean like, would it be weird for me to say right now, like, despite how shitty some things are, I am, I'm feeling like I'm on a roll with a lot of things. I feel like I'm heading towards happiness. I, I, I don't know what that looks like, but I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for the future. Um, I'm having a lot of fun with this and I think it would be, I mean, I think the only other time that I can think of is like 
the first year of being single when I broke up with my ex. Like, that was a lot of fun because that was that was the fun time in being single. Uh, six years later, it's not so much fun anymore. But the first year of being single can be a lot of fun. But definitely the last year or two for me have been the most action-packed and the most soul soul enriching, I would say. Number 53 is the worst phase of your life. Ooh, definitely when I was working at the call center and having sex with a guy who did not respect me at all, didn't care about me, and broke my ribs during rough sex once and responded to that message with a, oh, shucks, that sucks message to me. Definitely the worst time in my life. If you want to hear more about that, you can listen to the Us 2 episode. Mm-hmm. Worst time in my life for sure. Uh, it was also a time in my life that I was struggling with alcohol and I was pushing a lot of people away. And I went to an AA meeting and I had to like kind of turn my shit around. Um, that was before this podcast. Thankfully enough, I have that in check now. But it was definitely a bad time in my life. I was not happy. I was lashing out. And I was hurting a lot of people. So glad it's over, but it taught me a lot. And that was definitely the worst. Um, 54 is what you're doing right now, what you always want to do growing up. Oddly enough, kind of. Um, let me explain that. I used to want to be a much music VJ. Yeah. Um, like teen years, like junior high, high school, I was obsessed with much music. I would always like tape the segments. I would tape the interviews like with my favorite bands uh Rachel Perry yeah you remember Rachel Perry she was like I she was like my idol um growing up and I loved it and I actually wanted to do journalism um towards the end of high school I thought about going into journalism and I don't really even know why I didn't do that I somehow shifted to PR from journalism but oddly enough in a weird way I'm kind of doing that now by interviewing guests every week sort of um so that's kind of fucking cool um let's see here number 55 what makes you feel accomplished Working really hard on something, hitting publish, and then at least getting one comment on it makes me feel accomplished. Um, and that could be a text from a friend being like, good episode, or someone I don't know saying that they like the episode. But um, I will say even 99 episodes in, packaging an episode and pressing publish, and then coming up with the creativity behind branding that episode and putting that out there and getting good responses on it definitely make me feel accomplished and also the times that people take me aside and go it's really fucking cool what you're doing you know like these are people that might not comment on social media but they make a point to message me privately and say you know good job like I've been watching what you're doing and you're keeping up with it and it's very inspiring so thank you like when people say that it makes me feel real fucking fuzzy inside and I really 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 appreciate that number 56 what is a relationship deal breaker for you um I would say there's I mean like there's probably a lot like like rudeness like being rude to people for no reason 100% a deal breaker like if you're rude to service industry people um in an unprompted way like if if they were totally not doing anything wrong and you were rude to them you're not you're not my people um and I would say also someone who doesn't let me be who I am for sure because I've been there in the past where I think people have tried to change me and the the fact of the matter is is that if you're not going to roll with the Sarah then you're not going to be with the Sarah so yeah I would say that that is a deal breaker and I mean, like, you know, like, I, I could, like, there's probably a lot, but, like, those are, like, the two main ones. Um, would you ever take back somebody who cheated? Eesh. 
This is a tricky question. It's so circumstantial, I, I feel. Um, I feel like there are levels of cheating, but I, I just don't know. Like, I mean, I have insane trust issues as it is, uh, both coming from having been cheated on and also having been the other woman a bunch of times. It's really hard for me to believe that true monogamy is a thing. I think that if I was in a relationship and if I was in love with somebody, uh, I would be monogamous a hundred percent because somehow I've oddly enough been able to separate sex and love like drastically so um almost to a bad point uh so when I'm the other woman I'm kind of outside of that but I would say like if I'm in a relationship I would want monogamy and I would not want that person to cheat on me um so would I take them back it really fucking depends on what it was and what they're doing to change because I think that that's the main thing. I think if someone's making a real effort to change and if they recognize that what they were doing was wrong uh, and they admit that to themselves, that's something. And, you know, that shouldn't go unnoticed. So that's a, that's a tricky question to answer. Um, number 58, who is that one person you can talk to about just about anything? Uh, definitely my best friends like I have like a core group of friends that I can I mean like I'm pretty open with all my friends I feel like best friend is a tier it's not a person I heard that on armchair expert so I'm not I didn't make that up but um I'm pretty open with most of my close friends I would say and there's definitely people I can't mention on this podcast that I talk to a lot um anyways so number 59 we are getting there we're almost at 73 this has been this has been intense um do you usually stay friends with your exes nope not friends with either of them there's only two um would I be friends with them of course but it it just hasn't happened um 60 if you're in a bad mood do you prefer to be left alone or have someone cheer you up when I'm in a bad mood it's usually the two extremes like usually I will be messaging a bunch of friends to like hash it out and talk about it or I will shut down completely and just go to bed and cry and sleep so it really depends on what it is and chemically how I'm feeling that day hormonally how I'm feeling that day uh it can go either way um 61 what's an ideal weekend for you Ooh, lots of sleeping in no waking up early no alarms probably like a nice something like get out of the house a bit like maybe go for a walk go out to brunch bum around with friends like i i used to have like weekends where like i would i would go to brunch with a friend and then like we would just like hang out for the rest of the day and like do a bunch of random stuff like i can just think like summertime in halifax there's a lot to do so like those days where you just like go and you're like walking around the waterfront like before you know it like you're on the patio having beers and then like you you do like a comedy show or you do a movie in the nighttime and then you drink like I don't know I just think an action-packed weekend to me is an ideal weekend I don't like staying in I mean I think it happens more at this age but I don't like it I like to keep busy and I like good brunches and I like to sleep in so any combination of all of those things would be my ideal weekend. Number 62, are you confrontational? I think I used to be. I think I used to approach things very reactionary and I've gotten a lot better at taking the situation, trying to process it before I act and act accordingly. Um, Some might argue that I am, but I think I'm a lot better than I used to be. 
63 do you ever write in a journal I don't I wish I could I just cannot um get into a routine of doing that I kind of feel like in a way my weekly podcasts are my journal uh in a strange way but something that I would like to do I, I know I tried bullet journaling for a hot minute and could not keep up with it I used to have a live journal as well those were the fucking days um but no I uh not for any length of time definitely I would say live journal would be the longest length of time that I kept a journal um 64 what are you most thankful for I'm most thankful for my friends to be honest friends and family I have so many good friends so many people who inspire me and um at the end of the day those are the people I'm thinking about and the fact that uh, I was lucky enough to grow up the way I did where I don't have a shit ton of debt you know I definitely have debt but I you know I I had a family structure that was very supportive financially to a point where I have less debt than I would have if I would have had student loans, if that makes any sense. Uh, I was quite lucky growing up, so I'm very thankful for that as well. So I would say a mixture of that and the amazing friendships that I have, I am extremely thankful for that. 65, do you believe in second chances? I kind of do. I think that you have to feel that one out. I think you need to be sure that the person is making efforts to change. Uh, third chances should not be a thing. I'm guilty of having done it, but I think second chances, depending, I could do it. I could give a second chance. 66, what's the one thing that people always misunderstood about you? The, the fact that I'm self-deprecating um, is definitely something that is misunderstood. People do take it for low confidence and low self-esteem. Uh, is there a kernel of truth? Maybe, but I, I do truly think that speaking about the things, speaking about insecurities and um, flaws actually has provided me with more confidence and more self-esteem because I'm just showing you who I am and you can either roll with it or not, um, but this is who I am and I'm going to own it. So in a way, it's given me more self-esteem and more self-confidence in a weird fucking way. But definitely my humor is something that is misunderstood all the time. Um, most times when I'm posting something very self-deprecating, it is a joke and it is taking a small kernel of truth and exaggerating it for humor. And people usually don't think that. And I think that that's because I am open about mental illness and mental health so I will speak about depression and feeling depressed and sad and so when they see those posts they think it's a cry for help and really I'm just trying to be fucking funny um <laughs> so that is something that is misunderstood all the time about me number 67 what's your idea of a perfect vacation definitely somewhere tropical where there's a lot of things to do uh and also a nice beach to lay on for those relaxing days because I think a good vacation is a mixture of both. I just don't see myself as somebody who would go down south and not leave the beach chair. Like I would probably have a couple of days of that, but I want to get out and see things and do things. And um, that would be my ideal vacation. Somewhere warm, maybe like Greece, like yeah, in Greece at Spending a couple days on a nice resort where I can relax and other days like where it's kind of off grid and in the nitty gritty of the place. Um, let's see. 68. What what did your past relationship teach you? 
Well, it taught me that love is conditional. And if you're being treated like shit, not to fucking stay in it. Um, Unfortunately, that relationship did not end on my terms. But, you know, in retrospect, looking back, it is a situation of I could have done a lot better. And I didn't know that at the time. I think because I put all my worth into him. So, yeah, definitely, definitely don't be a mother to your boyfriend. Uh, if you find yourself taking care of somebody, that's that's not a good situation. So that's something that I will not get myself into again. And I, I would also say on that note as well, like um, the idea of chemistry and how there's so many things that go into compatibility. Um, Like for me, I thought I was going to marry him just based on how he made me feel when in reality, like lifestyle wise and like we didn't have a lot of things in common, like stuff like that wasn't there. So going forward, those are things that are going to matter to me. It's going to matter to me that somebody needs to understand that I have this crazy thing that I do that means that I stay up until two or three most nights of the week. And I still work a nine to five job. So I'm going to be busy and tired after work. So like, that's something someone's going to have to roll with going forward. Um, and also, I want to be with somebody who I do have more things in common with, for sure. Those things, I think, they truly do matter. Um, number 69, what are your thoughts on online dating or Tinder? Just listen to any episode of this podcast to find that out. I think it sucks and it is hard, but it is the reality of the world. Um, and if you're in the right mental place, it can be a lot of fun. But if you're not, it can be a disaster. So just be very careful with that. Number 70, what's on your bucket list this year? Well, I definitely have podcast goals. I definitely want to see this thing grow. Um, I definitely want to get, I definitely want to get to a certain point and downloads for this podcast this year, if I can. Um, That is a goal of mine is to expand the listenership of this show, Um, to really go balls to the wall with marketing and get it to a point where... Maybe I could start making a little bit of money off of it. Who knows? That would be very, very nice. I do truly think that I put a lot of time, money, and energy of my own into it. And so I would like to see that pay off. Um, That's not really a bucket list item, though. Honestly, I don't think I'm rich enough for any bucket list items for next, for this year, to be honest. Like, I'd like to go on a trip at some point. That would be amazing. If I could save enough money to go on a little vacation somewhere, um that would be unreal but other than that um it's just plugging away at this um i don't have any major bucket list items as of yet uh, i still want to squirt really really bad last year i said that that was going to be my goal didn't happen maybe maybe 2019 maybe girl will figure it out um number 71 if a genie granted you three wishes right now what would you wish for Ooh, so I would probably wish for more money. <laughs> I know that's a dumb wish, but I would love some more. I would love to pay off my debt. Get that debt down. Get rid of that dark cloud that hangs over me um, so that I can focus on other things. I would probably also wish for a new apartment because I'm outgrowing the one that I'm in right now. Um, and I would wish 
for all the people in my life who are feeling sad and depressed to feel a little bit better and to know that they are worth it and that they are awesome and that they need to stick around because they are because I love them. Yeah, that would be and I know that that's like kind of cheesy and dumb, but I truly do hope that the people who are suffering um, that I know or even if I don't know, uh, find a way to get it to a point that it's manageable. I know it's not something that goes away. I, I truly know that. But getting it to a point where it's a little more manageable each day and that they can find some happiness in life, whatever that may be. Number 72, what's your biggest regret in life? Whew. I would say probably probably the years I wasted not doing jobs that fed my passion. Um, I, you know, there was a good amount of time of my life that I was stuck in jobs that were not fulfilling and had nothing to do with what I was good at. And I do regret those years because I do think if I would have reverted my focus back then, I would probably be in a better place right now in terms of a career and work life. Um, you know, like I'm, I'm going on 32. I don't necessarily think that's the best age to go back to school and change your career. So I am feeling a bit stuck right now. And I feel like if I would have changed that up, um, earlier, I'd be in a different place, but it is what it is. You can't turn back time. I've learned a lot from those jobs as well. So they weren't totally bad but that is like probably my biggest regret to be honest like nothing else was really in my control um that I could have changed so yeah definitely would have gone a different route career-wise uh, I love graphic design so like, I love doing photoshop stuff I I actually that's one of my favorite things about this podcast is the branding and the marketing um so if I were to just all of a sudden go back to school or do something new it would probably be in the graphic design area um and the last question we are at 73 I can't believe I did all of these questions <laughs> 73 what do you think about when you're alone I'm alone a lot of the time oddly enough I, I do live alone um I do reach out to people a lot and hang out with people a lot for the podcast um and I do have friends down the hall for me that I see quite a bit but for the most part it's just me in this one bedroom apartment and if I'm not distracted by podcast things that I'm doing or music or watching Netflix um I am alone with my thoughts and a lot of the time I am thinking about just the fact that I'm alone and how much I would love to have someone there with me and honestly, like, I know that that's, like, fucking overkill and I talk about it all the time, but it has been seven years of my life without a partner, and I'm really craving that at this point. I would like to have somebody to kind of share in this craziness, um, and I also want to support that person and what they're doing and have it be, like, a team and, like, be pumping each other up and then, like, come home and, like, throw on a movie and be lazy and um, have that comfort because I don't have it right now and it would be... It would be really nice to have. Whew! I can't believe I got through that. That was a lot of talking for a long time. I actually kind of feel like this kind of warmed me up for the live stream, which is really, really good. Got my voice going. And I think I just got I just got a question in from somebody else as well. Um, I just got asked what sound or sensation freaks me out the most. Hmm. Okay, this is a weird thing to, to bring up right at the end of the episode, but okay. 
<laughs> okay, hear me out on this. <laughs> Fucking cotton balls. Yeah. So I left a pause there for a reaction because if you know what I'm talking about when I say cotton balls, you know that fucking feeling. Like when you rub a cotton ball. (laughs) I hate it. Like I absolutely, it makes, I I can't, I can't fucking stand it. Um, Sounds, sounds that freak me out would be the voices that I hear when I have night terrors that are not in English. They are in some other language and they whisper things at me and it freaks me the fuck out. Oh yeah, if you were a contestant on Big Brother or Survivor, what would be your strategy and what would be and what would be most likely to get you eliminated? Okay. So I am a big I'm a huge Big Brother fan. I've been watching the show for a long time. I I, I think about this a lot. I have auditioned for Big Brother three fucking times. Didn't get any callbacks at any point. But if I were to go on Big Brother at this point in my life, I would probably play up and just fucking hear me out on this i would play up the fact that i was a bimbo i'm not a bimbo by the way it's another mis um that's another misunderstanding of me a lot of people think i'm dumber than what i am and it's something that i struggle with but i think if i went on reality tv i would probably play dumb in the best way possible but also play up the social like my social game and be friends with everybody try my best not to freak out at anybody and stay low but also like stay low strategically but make friends with everybody and connect with everybody and make sure that there's not one person in that house that I didn't have an in-depth conversation with so that if anything were to come up they would at least say oh well we would miss her around the house so let's not do anything um, so it would play up being dumb and it would play up being likable and I would make sure that if I was ever alone with cameras or if I was in the diary room that I would be stating the whole time like this is what's going on and I'm playing this up. This is a this is a role that I'm playing. I am actually not dumb. I know exactly what's happening and I'm fooling all y'all motherfuckers. So that's what I would do. I don't think I would be good at physical challenges. I don't think I could rely on that um, in a big brother situation. I would have to rely on social game i would i think what would get me eliminated i probably would be the person to break at some point and i think the reason that i would break is because i i would love the show so much and it would be so much pressure to be on it like it's kind of why i've stopped auditioning to be honest because i feel like i love it so much and it's so engraved in me that if i were to ever get on that fucking show i would lose my mind and i would probably like the pressure would get to me. I would probably be thinking way too much about what the public thinks and and like, do they hate me? Do they love me? Am I being annoying? Like, it would actually, it would probably get to me to a point where I would break and I would get eliminated. That's, that's exactly it. A hundred percent. And that's why I'll probably never go on Big Brother because I do not want to be embarrassed like that. Oh, and then another question I just got is, what's the most unusual place you've ever made out with somebody? Hmm, made out. Franchiest place. Or unusual place that I've made out with somebody. Um, I mean, like, I haven't really had any unusual places. I've done cars, closets, um, alleyways. Um, where? I, like, I mean, 
Jesus, I have a fucking boring sexual history, apparently, because that's really all I can think of. There really hasn't been many unusual places. I might think of it when I go to sleep tonight, and if I think of it, I will edit that in right here. But otherwise, no, nothing. Um, That's really all I got. Okay, so that's about it, you guys. I hope that that gave you maybe a little more insight into me, if you care. I mean, you might not. Uh, I do apologize that this was kind of a more boring episode, no guest or anything like that, but it has been utter madness preparing for this live stream. And it's, and like I said, the, the promo for it is really hard. So I figured this would be an easy episode to put out during this time. And then this way too, if you're a listener of the show who isn't friends with me, or if you're a new listener, um, you maybe get to know me a bit better and, and have some things on me to make fun of me going forward. Um, but yeah, this was actually really cool. I, I, I'm glad I did it because it's episode 99. Next one's going to be 100. The next one's going to be a shit show. It's going to be a lot of clips from the live stream. Um, and it's going to be a shit ton of guests. So we're kind of going from one extreme to the other here. But I wouldn't have it any other way on Intoxicated, which is something that I love so much. And I want to say a big thank you to everybody who listened to this episode or any episode of the show. If you're a returning listener, if you're a new listener, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I can't say thank you enough. Um, means the world to me that somebody would put my voice on and listen to it for an extended period of time, no matter where you are. Um, so big thank you once again. Tune into the live stream, please. Saturday, February 16th. When this comes out, it'll be tomorrow. Oh, literally, it's tomorrow. So tune in. Um, 12 noon to 3 a.m. on Twitch and YouTube. I'm going to quickly run through the schedule. Very, very quick. So starting off the show from 12 to 1.30, I have my friends at Tarvold's Quest. That is my good friend Jesse's Let's Play channel. I'm so honored to have them on starting off the stream. We're going to play, we're going to chit chat and play some video games. It's going to be a blast from 1.30, from 1.30 to 2.30. We have Intoxicated Reviews. That is the brother channel of Intoxicated hosted by my good friend, Corey, who we start this crazy thing together and he has his own channel over there called Intoxicated Reviews, dedicated to TV and movies with a focus on, you know, 90s movies, 90s TV, things like that. It's awesome. He's going to come on. We're going to do a segment with him and hopefully Kirsten Finch is going to join us for a review on the old 90s show, Ready or Not. And then from 2.30 to 3.30, I have Moxie Munchies, who is a YouTuber and content creator, and T. Johnny, aka Tyler, who did my photos and is a photographer with a new podcast of his own. So both of them will be on from 2.30 to 3.30. And then, guys... From 3.30 to 6.30, it is comedy time. We are going to start that with Kirsten Finch. She's going to do about a half an hour with me. And then Travis Lindsay's coming on. Travis is one of the funniest guys in Halifax. You guys are going to love him. I mean, he's done the show like four or five times now, including the, the last live stream. But like, he's an intoxicated regular. He's great. You don't want to miss that. Travis will be on, yeah, around four. And we're going to call Andrew Vaughn as well. Another good friend of mine. Another pillar of the Halifax comedy scene. These guys are good friends of mine. And I love what they are doing in comedy and over on the Boys Club Comedy Podcast, which you should subscribe to right away. Um, 
So that's going to be a shit ton of fun. That will probably go for about an hour and a half. And then I'll have a couple other comedians on. I know that Catherine Robertson is going to stop by. Merton Edwards might stop by as well. And I also invited some other people. There might be some pop-ins. It'll be a shit ton of fun. And then we have a sex toy segment from 6.30 to 7.30 with my friend Frankie. Frankie did episode 69 of the show. She also did the Halloween episode as well. She works at Pleasures and Treasures. She knows everything about all things sex toys and sex. So that's going to be some Q&A and some sex toy. Um, Like she's going to show off sex toys. I don't want to say demo. That's not the right word. You know, it's like a sex toy show and tell. That's really what it is. Um, And then from 7.30 to 8.30, I'm having a makeup artist on. Her name is Megan Morrison, who she has an amazing new youtube channel where she does tutorials she is also a freelance makeup artist so she knows her shit uh and she's going to come on and we're going to talk about switching makeup from day to night and tips and tricks for that at 9 p.m we have rouge fatal rouge fatal is a drag queen and she is coming on with her partner in crime devastation they are both drag queens in halifax very highly famous they have a youtube channel called station drag it's amazing they do a show a lot like intoxicated where they have a bell and they rant about stuff i'm balls out crazy excited for that that is going to be insane and closing out the live stream at around 10 is harper mccormick obviously a returning guest youtuber sassy somewhat controversial at times she is a good friend and i love what she does and she is coming back for the 15 hour live stream Who knows what we're going to be doing for that segment. We're going to figure it out, though. But that's the fucking schedule, guys. And then after that, it's just going to be party time. And you can hang out with us and drink along with the stream. And do make sure to pop in the comments every now and then. And let me know you're watching. Because that will give me the encouragement to keep going. So, I'm fucking exhausted. I did not think that this solo episode would be as energetic as it was. I literally thought it was going to suck, but I think it turned out not terrible. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. Thanks so much for listening. And the next time that you hear from me, we will be in the triple digits of episodes. So thanks so much, guys. And I'm going to go ahead and ring that bell. Hey there, guys. It's Mark Adam from the Paranting Podcast. Join me and my co-host, Katie G, every week for a brand new episode. We talk about parenthood and kids. We talk about it from every single angle. We talk about the lows, the highs, the laughs, and the cries. Join us. Subscribe wherever fine podcasts are found. And don't forget to join our community. You can start by visiting us on Facebook, facebook.com slash parenting. It's like parenting with an A in the middle because we like to rant about stuff. Anyway, you get it. We'll see you there.